Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me again for another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. This week, we're going to talk about what the spirit of truth in you is revealing to you about God's kindness and goodness. So I want to start out by asking you, and I'm asking myself too, do you really believe God is good? Do you really believe God is good to you? Do you believe that your actions or anybody else's actions can keep God, prevent God from being good to you? Let's look at what your book says. It's my book too, but I want you to see that it's your book so that you will believe what the Spirit of Truth reveals to you. Your book is actually saying to you. It's your book, and you have the living Word of God the Spirit of Truth, Christ in you, to reveal to you what the Holy Spirit wants you to get from your book. Let's look at what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. This is Matthew 5. He says, Your ancestors have been taught, love your neighbor and hate the one who hates you. However, he said, I say to you, he's saying, look, I know you've heard this, but it ain't true. It's actually a religious con. It's a scam. He said, I say to you, love your neighbor. Bless the one who blesses you. Do something wonderful, something good, something nice for the one who hates you. And respond to the very one who persecutes you by praying for them. Well, that's different than what we've been taught, isn't it? He says, that will reveal your identity as children of your heavenly Father. He, your heavenly Father, is kind and good, kind and good to all people by bringing the sunrise to warm and the rainfall to refresh, whether a person does what is good or is evil. We can't keep God from blessing us, doing what is nice and good to us and for us, by our actions, whether they're good or evil. I mean, that's not my words. That's Jesus' words. I might think differently, but that's what he says in your book. He says, what reward do you deserve if you only love the lovable? Don't even the tax collectors do that? How are you any different from others if you limit your kindness and goodness, limit your kindness and goodness only to your friends? Jesus is saying, God doesn't limit his kindness and goodness only to his, quote, friends, unquote. Jesus said, don't even the ungodly do that? Since you are children of a perfect father in heaven, and you are, be perfect like him. He's saying, come on, man up, woman up, act like who you are. 
Romans 8, 28, the apostle Paul got it. He said this, we know that the love of God causes everything to mutually contribute to our advantage. God works all things for the good of those he loves, and God loves all, as in God so loved all, the whole cosmos, that he gave Jesus so none of us would be would perish like we were in the darkness, conned and duped by agents of the liar and deceiver into believing Adam's mythical, dark, punitive, list-keeping, angry God. No, Jesus came to show us that God is a con. You've been duped. That God is not even real. Psalm 107, verse 1. King David was getting it even back in the time before Jesus came, or at least he partially got it. He said, oh, give thanks or gratitude, or delight in, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. That's a standard translation. The Passion says this, let everyone give all their praise and thanks to the Lord. Here's why. He's better than anyone could ever imagine. Yes, he's always loving and kind, and his faithful love never ends. I have been accused by well-meaning but duped people. I've been accused of presenting God as better than he really is. This text says, no, he's better than anybody could ever even imagine. He's always loving and kind, and his faithful love never ends for anybody. Now, both in the Jewish and the Christian scriptures, Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, there are two different words, and they are used interchangeably to mean both kindness and goodness. So anytime you see God is good or God is kind, it means both. Both the words in both Hebrew and both Greek that we translate as kind or good mean kind and good. Psalm 136.1, David says, let everyone thank God for he is good, and this will blow your mind, and he is easy to believe, easy to please. God is good and easy to please. We were conned and duped by religion into saying, it's impossible to please God. No, your book says he's easy to please in Psalm 136. And just in case we might have missed it, David goes on to say in the next 26 verses, 26 times, his tender love for us continues on forever. His loving kindness lasts forever. Goodness is an expression of his tender love for us forever. <laughs> forever. 26 times in that one psalm, he says that. Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see, or delight, or drink of. Taste and see, and thank God. Taste and see that the Lord, I am, is good. Good. The Aramaic means sweet, like honey, never sour or bitter. Taste and see that the Lord, I am, Yahweh, is good. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the one who trusts and takes refuge in him. Trust is simply belief in action. Now, look at Galatians 5.22. We've been looking at this the last several weeks, Passion Translation. The fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Love in all its expressions 
We've looked at for a couple of weeks joy that overflows. We look for a couple of weeks at peace that subdues. We look for a couple of weeks at patience that endures. And now we're looking at the divine expression of love, of goodness or kindness in action. And the Passion Translator Brian Simmons says this in his footnotes. The Aramaic word can be translated sweetness or goodness. And he says what I just told you a little while ago. Greek has two words that are used interchangeably. Both mean kindness and goodness, indicating there is no kindness without goodness. In other words, when you're good, you're kind. When you're kind, you're good. Goodness and kindness are one of the same. Kindness is actually goodness, meaning whatever need I have at the moment. <laughs> A person can be good but walk right past somebody and not meet their need for the moment when they had the means and the ability to do so. That's not being kind. God, though, is good and kind always and forever, whether we deserve it or not, think we deserve it or not, whether anybody else does. My friend Malcolm Smith says, kindness is being useful in your goodness. Using your goodness to meet the immediate need of a person if you are a good person, when somebody else has a need and it's within your power to meet that need, you meet it. God is good and God is all powerful. God has the ability to help us when we're in need. God is kindness and in action. You probably have examples of people who have been kind, good, kindness and action in your life. Last time we discussed delighting in the Lord and seeing him give us the desires of our heart, the good dreams, the things we imagine in our hearts. I want to go just a little bit deeper in that today. Many of you know Colossians 1.27, where the Apostle Paul revealed one of the mysteries that Jesus taught him when he took him up into the third heaven. That mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And Paul specifically says, not just the religious people, not just the Jews, but everybody else too. This is the mystery. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Well, what do those two words mean? Hope and glory. Well, Moses one day asked God to show him his glory. And God said, all right, I will show you my goodness and grace. And he did. God's glory which is in us, is his goodness and his grace. Now, I want you to look at this. This is what Jesus prayed, standing up, arms up like this, head lifted. This is what Jesus prayed out loud to the Father the night before he was crucified. And he prayed out loud because he wanted us all to hear exactly what he was saying. And John wrote it down. Here's what he said. John 17, 13. He says, now I am returning to you, Father. I pray that my friends here will experience and enter into my joyous delight in you so that it, joyous delight, is fulfilled in them and overflows. We've been discussing joy and delight. Verse 14, he says, I have given them your message, Papa. And that's why the unbelieving world, the religious world, religion, 
organized religion, the con game of religion. That's who was against Jesus and the disciples. He said, I've given them your message, but they hate them. And they hate Jesus, of course, and killed him. Their allegiance, he said, my friends, allegiance is no longer in this world, no longer to religion. And I am not in this world. He said, verse 15, I'm not asking that you remove them from the world, but I ask that you guard their hearts from evil influence, the evil influence of the con game of religion. Verse 16, for they no longer belong to that system any more than I do. Verse 17, he says, Papa, your word is truth. And I'm saying to you what the Apostle Paul said, the living word of God, Christ himself, the spirit of truth is in you and in me. Jesus says, so Papa, make them holy by the truth. Holy is simply set apart for God. Verse 18, Jesus said, I have commissioned them to represent me just as you commissioned me to represent them. Wow. And he said, now, or just, Papa, just as you commissioned me to represent you. He said, now, I dedicate myself to them as a holy sacrifice, so they will live as fully dedicated to you and be holy by your truth. Now, he goes on to say in verse 20, and I ask not only for these folks here in my who can hear me right now, but also for all those who will one day believe in me through their message. That's us. That's us. Verse 21, he said, I pray for all of them to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. You get that? Jesus prayed out loud to the Father for effect so that the people there could hear him. He says, I'm praying that they will be joined together as you, Papa, and I, Jesus, are joined together. He said, I pray for them to become one with us so the world will recognize that you sent me. The world recognizes that Papa sent us by our oneness with Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 22, he says, the very glory, now I want you to get this, the very glory you've given me, I have given to them. There's a verse in the Hebrew scripture that says, God doesn't share his glory with anybody. Well, whoever wrote that in the Hebrew scripture didn't know God. Jesus said that flat out. The very glory God has given to Jesus said, I've given to these other folks so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. Experience, enjoy, delight. Do you see that? I mean, it's in your book. Do you believe that? God's glory, goodness and grace, Jesus' glory, goodness and grace has already been given to you by Jesus. You have in you right now. And you are one with the glory of the Lord. Say that with me. I have in me and I am one with the glory of God. Say it again. I like to say it. I have in me and I am one with the glory, the goodness of God. Verse 23, Jesus said to the Father, you live fully in me and now I live fully in them 
so that they will experience perfect unity or oneness. And the world, religious organization, will be convinced that you've sent me, for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love you have for me. How do people see when they see us that God loves us with the same passionate love that he loves Jesus? <laughs> they see it in our countenance. They see it in our joy. They see it in our ability to make it through tough situations with Christ living as us. Do you see that? God loves you with the same passionate love. He loves Jesus. And other people see that in you. God loves you with the same passionate love. He loves Jesus. Now look at this. Jesus said, Father, verse 24, Father, I ask that you allow everyone that you have given to me to be with me where I am. Jesus is praying and asking the Father. He says, Father, I ask that you allow everyone, all that you have given me, to be with me where I am. Well, who is everyone that Papa gave to Jesus? Don't listen to religion. Religion's liable to tell you, well, only about 90% of the people, or only those who do this or that. Or, no, look at, what, look at what Jesus says. John 3, 35. The Father loves the Son so much that he has given all things into his hands. Brian Simmons, the translator there, says the text is simply... He has given all into his hands, all things, all authority, all people. The Father gave all people to Jesus. That's what Jesus says. All means all. We can delight in that. Look at what Jesus says in John 13, 3. Jesus knew that the Father had given all into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. Friends, as Jesus is, so are we. Jesus came from God, was here, is going back to God. We came from God, we're here, and we are going back to God. The Father gave all people to Jesus, and Jesus included all of us in him. John 16, 15, Jesus says, everything that belongs to the Father belongs to me, everything, everyone, everything. He says, that's why I say that the divine encourager, the spirit of truth in you will receive what is mine and reveal it to you. You got to get this. Jesus said over and over again, the father gave all people to Jesus. You are one with Jesus where he is right now in you. Then Jesus says, they will see my full glory, my goodness and grace, the very splendor you've placed upon me because you have loved me even before the beginning of time. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Glory is God's goodness and grace. Now, what does hope mean? Hope is the Greek word when it was written, elpis, E-L-P-I-S, which means the expectation of good or the expectation of evil. That's what hope is. You and I have a choice. As we think in our hearts, so are we. You expect good, 
you're going to get good from God. You're going to see it. You expect sickness, lack, bad things to happen to you. That's what's going to happen to you. Not because God is doing that, but that's because what you are expecting to get. As you think in your heart, so are you. So God says, the hope of glory, expect nothing but good. Expect only good. Now let's look at the Passion Translation of Colossians 1, verse 26 and 27. It says this, there is a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations. But now it's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Living within you, this is for you right now. This is true. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory, goodness. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope, expectation, filled with the riches of God's glory, kindness, and goodness, and grace for his people. And God wants everybody to know it. We're part of a wonderful team that God has called to help everybody know it. So expect God's goodness. Expect God to give you the dreams of your heart. Now, one more scripture here. Here's the mirror translation with some additions from some other translation and my own understanding here. I took liberty with this. <clears throat> Romans 15, 13. Now, Paul says, may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope and expectation of all goodness, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace so that you trust in Papa, Jesus, and grace. And may the power of grace, Christ in you, the spirit of truth, the divine encourager, continually surround your life with their superabundance until you radiate or exude or delight with divine hope and expectation of all divine goodness and kindness for all people. That's so good, I got to say it again. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope and expectation of all goodness, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Papa Jesus and grace. And may the power of grace, Christ in you, the spirit of truth, the divine encourager, continually surround your life with their superabundance until you radiate, exude, delight with divine hope and expectations of all divine goodness and kindness for all. Oh, man, I just preached myself happy. I hope that got you the same way. You are a fountain of expectation. You radiate with expectation. Expect abundance. Expect goodness. Next week, we're actually going to talk about what the Bible calls abundance street. Did you know that? All right. Now, I want to finish with this. Sometimes we don't feel like what I just told you. Whenever we don't feel God is good, whenever you don't feel like God is good to you, whenever you don't feel like God is being kind to you, when you don't feel like you're filled to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace, when, when you don't feel like you're doing a good job of trusting in Papa Jesus and grace, when, when you don't feel like the power of grace or Christ in you, the spirit of the truth, the divine and encourager is continually surrounding your life with their superabundance, and you don't feel like you're radiating or exuding or delighting with divine hope and the expectation of all divine goodness and kindness, well, then what? I mean, that happens to me. 
it happens to you. Then what? Well, you can use this RE reminder tool that we've been learning. When you don't feel like the things I've just talked about, which are true about you, realize you're thinking and speaking darkness, religious lies. Recognize it's harming you and those around you. Reject it and replace it with what the Holy Spirit of truth shows you. Repent. Change your mind from what you were thinking. Renew your mind, which means to put on the mind of Christ. Go back to your original Genesis. Refresh yourself with the good news. There's no bad news in the good news. And then rejoice. Delight yourself in the Lord. And remember, God is kind and good. God's goodness and kindness lives in you and fills you. And then repeat that as often as necessary. And if you need to, re-listen to this discussion again. <laughs> There's truth in this, folks. There's joy in this. It's real. It's what is real. It's what God wants for you, what God has given you and given to all of us. I hope this is helpful to you. It sure is to me. See you next time. Grow in grace. Love you all. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.